Father, we thank you for your word. We receive, we receive illumination. We receive illumination by your spirit. Thank you. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right, so we get straight into the matter. We've been having a conversation on first principles, the foundational building blocks of our belief, of our faith, the, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, not the doctrines of Christ, the doctrine of Christ. But well, that's principles, and we started from part one up until last week, and last week, eternal judgment, we talked only about one. Or maybe I should say two, because the, the, the first real judgment is the judgment of sin, which has already taken place in the death of Christ. So that is settled, that is paid for. All right, for whoever will tap into that, they also have escaped, all right, the, the, the punishment of sin. Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life available in and through Christ Jesus. So last week we talked about the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. Let's go into our text this evening. I will be reading Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and verse 2. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on, let us proceed unto maturity, unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, that was part two, of doctrine of baptisms, part three, laying on of hands, part four, resurrection of the dead, part five, eternal judgment, part six, judgment seat of Christ. And today we tie it all up, discussing in detail eternal judgment. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You know, it was last week I was listening again to the teaching which is good good habit I, I make it a duty to go back and listen whether it's Sundays Wednesdays um, now I was listening just meditating on some of those thoughts and it just dawned on me this concept of gold silver and precious stone if this is the first time you are joining us in this series you will be blessed we have it on all platforms you can go back releasing revisit all right but please stay plugged stay connected don't say oh let me go back to part one before i can enjoy part seven no 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 stay with us the lord will meet you right where you are and unveil his truth to you in the mighty name of jesus so i was just you know brooding on on these thoughts brooding on these thoughts that really how it started was in the beginning elohim in the beginning the godhead sat together started a project and at the end there'll be desire for return on investment so god's the father shows up is looking for gold this, this, I'm just sharing with you, I, this was never in my notes, never in my preparation. This was from just brooding over the teaching again from last week. God the Father there is seeking for gold. He's saying, what have they done with, 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 with my life? What have they done with Zoe? What have they done that glorifies me? Is looking for gold, for divinity there. The sun shows up. He says, what have they done with redemption? 
Blood was shed. A sacrifice was made. What efforts did they make towards redemption is there. And God the Spirit shows up. He's looking for what precious stones have they been able to yield by virtue of my transformative work in their hearts. I was like, wow. Wow. There will be rewards for the believer. For the believer. Glory to God. Glory to God. Our anchor scripture this evening is Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. I will read verse 27 and verse 28. And we will dive straight into it. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 and verse 28. It says, uh, really where we are going to is verse 27. But pay attention to what it says in verse 28. It says, and as it is appointed unto men, now that's not gender-based, unto humankind, once to die. This already, you know, undoes a lot of funny Eastern religions that believe you will die, you will come back, you know. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hmm. So he says in verse 28 that as far as this conversation on judgment is concerned, so Christ was once offered, verse 28, to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Wow, that's a very, 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 very powerful scripture. It is appointed unto man once to die, but afterwards, judgment. Afterwards, judgment. Let me tell you, um, let me just paint a picture for you on what our assignment is this evening. We will look at the rewards for the believer that this believer gets at the judgment seat of Christ, which we said it's judgment not for condemnation, but for rewards. That's the judgment for me. That's the, the one for you where we believers will stand all right, before Christ to give account and then we will be rewarded. And we learned last week that we'll be rewarded, tried through fire to see whether the works we have done, not works to be saved, all right, to have been saved by grace through faith. Having been saved, we've been empowered by the Spirit to do works. Those works are going to be tried and tested, whether it is gold, whether it is silver, whether it is precious stones, or whether it is wood, whether it is stubble, whether it is A. All right, we explained all of that last week. We will pick up from there this evening, looking at the rewards for the believer. And this conversation is important. This conversation is important and only the Spirit of God can paint the value of this to you. Let me tell you what I mean. I, I believe personally that a lot of reality TV shows today, reality, what we call reality shows today, they're actually psychology experiments. That's what I personally believe. To study the, the dynamics of human motivation, that's personal belief. You see shows like Fear Factor. I don't know if if it's still on air, all right, or also any other extreme show, and you and you you tell someone, will you do? I don't want to give any examples of the kinds of things they do on Fear Factor, all right. But you say, will you do this? Can you do this? A normal person in their normal senses will say, no, never, can not under any circumstances. But them dragging a reward to it, especially when the reward by the individual's value system is considered valuable, then there is a release of motivation to say, okay, may, maybe. 
Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can do that. Maybe, can you go on TV for X number of days and you have cameras watching you, everything, everything, you see everything you do, you know? I say, me? No, never. My, my, my parents raised me better. And then someone says, well, there's something at stake here. We are talking of million of rewards coming. Even we, we've seen it. Sometimes we do giveaway. We say we are giving the book. I think we should do another giveaway and do, and do a solid reward. Maybe we'll give... Yes, I'm giving a book. You just see very minimal participation. You're going to win an iPad. Vroom. AirPod Pro. Vroom. iPhone Max. Vroom. Because the one who made us knows that we respond to rewards. But what is a reward to you? It's something that is valuable. Something valuable. I saw a picture on the internet of how the average ancient Egyptian many centuries ago dressed. Their slippers was gold with toe caps made of gold. Toe caps. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Toe. Toe caps. Sandals with toe caps made of gold. If you went to such a person and he said, um, can you do this? I'll give you $10,000. First look at you. What is $10,000? He said, it's our money. I'm, I'm from the future. It's our money. He said, okay, what's, what, what do you mean my money? Said, it's, it's, it's a tool for exchange. Oh, okay. Okay, so what is this year $10,000 worth? Is it backed by gold? You now scratch your head. Now this it's actually it's it's paper, it's fiat currency. Basically, you say go. My my toe, one toe cap is worth more than your ten thousand dollars. Go. Go. Rewards. 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 An understanding of if if someone really told you that if you wake up 5 a.m. every day to pray. All right, God is going to give, I don't know what your current reward value system looks like, but what is valuable to you is the question. What would God need to promise you for you to make the little sacrifices that he has requested of you to live a life for him, to tell others about him, to honor him, to obey his spirit? What, what really is our value system? Cars, you want, okay, you want God to give you cars? God has a bigger plan for you than cars. Where he dwells, we, need, we don't need cars. Our glorified bodies can trans... <laughs> we can go into spaces without flights and visas. So what else do you need? Money? Well, money is only useful based on its purchasing power. Go ask people in a certain country where, <laughs> where you need millions of that currency just to buy candy. Millions. Millions. So money, more money. Revelation chapter 22, Revelation chapter 22. So I was going to paint a picture of our assignment to us. We will discuss the rewards. We will touch very briefly on timing, very briefly on timing. And then we'll talk about the judgment of the nations and then the great white throne judgment. And then we'll call it an evening. We'll call it a series. It has blessed me. I believe it has blessed you. For those who have been sharing the word, God bless you. All right, Revelation chapter 22, verse 11 to 12, as we get into the conversation on rewards. Now, if your Bible has the words of Jesus in red, you will discover that verse 11 isn't in red. Verse 12 is in red. All right, so verse 12, this is Jesus speaking in verse 12. Verse 11, if you scroll up a bit, you will see that this was the angel who was communicating to John. All right, so verse 11. He that is unjust, 
let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, sounds like our words today, let him be filthy still. He says, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, set apart, let him be holy still. Now, verse 12, Jesus shows up. He says, and behold, I come quickly. I come quickly and my reward is with me. My reward is with me to give every person according as his work shall be. To give every person according, all right, Paul says we shall all stand before that judgment seat of Christ. We said it's a, it's a podium for rewards. He says, and in that day, I want to come there rejoicing because on that day, many will shed tears. Many will weep inconsolably that nothing, they've, 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 they've met the master empty. Those saved as true fire, but absolutely no rewards. No rewards. You know, there's a picture painted. This is, this is a, bit, a little bit of digression. There's a picture painted in, in Revelations 4 about the, the elders casting their crowns in a glorious worship, casting their crowns. There, there, there'll be many who, every time crowns are being cast, they will just look around and discover that they have nothing to cast. Okay. So let's get into it. Scripture shows us five crowns that are rewards for the believer at the judgment seat of Christ. At that judgment seat of Christ, there are five crowns. Five crowns. The ones that are this, the ones that are wealthy and have true riches are those who have laid up treasures for themselves in a place that it 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 is real. In a place that it is real. In a place that it is real. This is really where investments are worth it. Number one crown, we will look at, let's breeze through this so that we can talk more about the other judgments. The whole idea is to make this evening, we're in the season of IGOC, to make this evening very short. So we'll breeze through the crowns, receive the grace to continue to labor in his vineyard, to have perspective to why you are doing what you are doing. All right, that sometimes even the pastor will say, I, 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 is that please, re-? and I say, relax what? <laughs> relax what? I know when I have, I know the rewards that I will get, eternal rewards, relax. First Corinthians chapter nine, first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 25, for those who are writing, scripture tells us about an imperishable or incorruptible crown. Number one, an incorruptible crown. First Corinthians chapter 9. Some, some Bible scholars believe this is the adjective for all the crowns because we know they will not perish. Well, let's look at scriptures in context here. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25. Please permit me, let me read from verse 24. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. It says, but one receives the prize it says now run so that you may obtain it says live your life so that you will get rewards god's plan is not we've settled this last week is not i made heaven it's not a big deal to god that you made heaven that is where he has created for you jesus said in my father's house there, there is space we have room for you every hear me every every person every human Every human in past, in present, in future that takes a breath, 
All right, every human has room in the presence of the Father for eternity. Every. It's, it's not a space contingency plan to now create a place where the bad ones go to. It was never designed for the one created in God's image. There is room there. There's, and there is, there, is, there is room there. In my father's house, there are men, Jesus said, if it was not so, I'm not under pressure to sell, to sell you snake oil. I'm not, I'm not under any pressure to come and bamboozle you. If it were not so, I wouldn't tell you. But in my father's presence, there is, there is room for you there in eternity. So Paul says, run that you may obtain. Run. This Christian life, it's, it, break away from religion. Break away from church churchiness. Break away from politics. Break away from, from all these shenanigans, all these things that end here. Run that you may obtain. When you meet focused believers, you can tell. They don't get involved in all those things. When, the moment they see drama, they're like, this, this one's obviously don't have eternity in view. I, I do. I do. I do. Whatever you did, is there an apology? I apologize. Oh, you are not the one wrong. You don't understand. Run that you may obtain. Verse 25. It says, and every man that strives for the mastery. This is the language of athletes. You strive for mastery. Not just for, <laughs> for compliance. For mastery. Not just to get by. For mastery. Not for novice beginner level operations. For mastery. Now, it says there is a reward for striving. For not just staying at level A, I'll just, you know, wake up on Sunday, go to church, have nice service, go back home. I don't want to know anybody. Nobody has to know me. Going to do my thing. You'll do your thing. It says there are those who will take this walk seriously and strive for mastering spiritual things. It says those ones are temperate in all things. Now they do it. Can you see now? Reward has come in now. They do it to obtain a crown, a corruptible crown. So it's, it's comparing life on earth using the symbol of athletes. It says what they are really doing is that, that medal that they get or that crown that they receive. In fact, by the next year, there's a new world champion already. It's perishable. It says, but we are incorruptible. We are incorruptible. And if you were to draw a table, all right, of this physical race versus this spiritual race in the analogy of Paul, one, one there's only first, second, third, maximum, gold, silver, bronze. He's saying here, all of us can obtain. There's, there's enough crowns to go, run, to, to, to go around. As far as we can run and strive onto mastery, we will get an incorruptible crown. An incorruptible crown. Remember, this reward ceremony is for those who are saved. It's for the believer who are present at the judgment seat of Christ. I can hear some of your questions, all right? We'll tackle some of them shortly. Glory to God. So number one crown is an incorruptible crown. Who is it for? For those who make sacrifices for the kingdom. For those who strive for the kingdom. For those who in moments of convenience they chose inconvenience for the sake of the kingdom those who drove hours just to ensure they show up show up show, ensuring that nothing is lacking as far as god's call and assignment upon their life is is, is concerned 
Those who know I can snooze this alarm at five, I can snooze it, I can listen later, but they've told themselves, it says, I de- the next verse, the Paul says, I now put this body because the enemy of sacrifice in the kingdom is this body. It says now I put it under subjection. An incorruptible crown. Glory to God. Glory to God. Crown number two is what scriptures call a crown of rejoicing. A crown, I'm, I'm trying to, this is now, this is, maybe let me not paint my imagination. See, we, will, we will all be there. All right, we won't have to imagine it. But I just imagine this crown as, as, a, as an intra, that's what I'm saying, let me not bother you. But I, I, I envision this as a special crown. The crown of rejoicing. First, Thess- First Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 and verse 20. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 and verse 20. He said, this is Paul speaking. He said, what is our hope? That's really saying, what, what really drives us? Why are we doing what we are doing? That's really the conversation here. He says, what's our joy? What's our joy? What's our motivation? It says, all crown of rejoicing. It says, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Don't worry, we'll talk about this Jesus and coming because we need to, we need to explain it really, really well. What does it mean when he says Christ at his coming? What does it mean? The second coming? All right, please be patient with me. We'll make it very simple. You will get it. And I'll refer you to, because this final class is tricky. It opens up things that are not foundational at all. <laughs> but God's grace is more than sufficient for us. Glory to God. Verse 20 says, For you are our glory and our joy. This crown is for soul winners. This crown is for soul winners. It is called the crown of rejoicing. And really, it is for those who, in, in accordance with scriptures, those who plant and those who water. This plant is, this. I said this plant, this crown is for them. Those who are committed to the raising of the saints, establishing of the saints. Hmm. Soul winners will get a crown of rejoicing in accordance with scripture. And this is an eternal crown that you will wear. That you will wear. There are believers who will show up crownless. Crownless. Gloryless. Some scriptures are making sense now. Gloryless, crownless. And they are just there. And we all know you were saved, but you did nothing with your salvation. We all know. Because we will see you crownless. We will see you crownless. So when we say, let's, let's go for evangelism, it's not because we want to increase the church. It is because there is a reward. There is a reward for soul winners. And really, this judgment, you don't want your worst enemy experiencing it. God has commended his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The blood that the, 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 the deliverance from that judgment has been made. We should, we should be, Paul says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men. We are, we are literally saying, guys, guys, guys. But he said at the time of his coming, the world will be distracted. There will be parties, events, shows, concerts, church programs, all sorts, you know, let's just go to church, have fun, you know, let's just, you know, all sorts going on. Hmm. The crown of rejoicing. So number one, an incorruptible crown 
for all our sacrifices in the kingdom. Number two, a crown of rejoicing for soul winners. And people will raise believers. People will share their faith. People who are not ashamed. People who are not ashamed. Jesus said, will you really be ashamed of me before men? Like, oh, are you a believer? Do you believe that? And they will say to this smirk on their face, oh, you mean you're a Christian? Wow, I'm shocked. Why are you shocked? Well, well you, you, you come across to me as, as a very, you know, intelligent, you know, intellectual person. I don't know how you can believe that crap. Like, ah, oh, I can't damage my rep. He said, no, I'm, I'm not really into that stuff. I just, I, you know, I just grew up in a, I, I grew up Catholic, you know, my parents went to church. So you just, you just on, <laughs> you just, you know, he said, those who are bold to share their faith, those who are bold to step off their high horses, pardon me, not to step off, but to on that high horse, to say, God, the reason why I have this high horse is so that my voice can project louder, to use their influence, to use their resources, to use their time, to go on their knees, to invest in the winning of souls. This crown is for them. You know, there are crusades in the world today that are sponsored largely by individuals who have said, this wealth God has blessed me with, it is for the gospel they will get in this crown. People who are intercessors, say they are not praying, Father, I want to blow. Father, I want to blow. And there's nothing wrong with that, if that's what you want to pray. But they are just there laboring in the spirit, taking hold of cities, taking hold of individuals. Some have prayed for individuals for decades. And those, you see those individuals getting worse in their sin, in their, in their demonic entanglements, and it's as though it, it's just blocked up there. And they stay there on their knees and say, Father, it's, I don't care what's going on now, but this person won't die in their sins. An incorruptible crown, the crown of rejoicing for those of us who share our faith, who are committed to winning souls and to discipling souls. Somebody say glory to God. All right, number three is a crown of life. A crown of life. A crown of life. Hmm. In eternity, crowns matter. If indeed, let me, let me give us perspective. Some of us will go back after this teaching. you read Revelations 4 again. And let me tell you, Scriptures will be different to you at the end of today's teaching. It will be different. You now go back to Revelations 4. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you have created all things for your pleasure. They are, and they were created. To worship your rights, to, to, to cast crowns before you. Imagine in, our, in that eternal procession, all of us, the saints, we are just there worshiping, enjoying the Father, casting our crowns, and we are just there casting nothing. It, they see there will be eternal. Some people are struggling with this. In heaven, in heaven, eternal heartbreak. I should have done more. I remember a movie I watched um, about a man who invested his. What's, what's that movie called now? Who invested was at the time of the, of the Nazi persecution of Jews and invested his money just to buy and to save a lot of them, save a lot of families. And many years after, in the movie, they now, you know the way they cut to real images of the real man. I think his name was Oscar Schindler, so I'm not sure. And you saw a lot of people now elderly and their children, their grandchildren, thanking the man, thanking the man, saying, thank, thank you, thank you. And the man was there crying. 
He was crying. He said, I could have done more. I could have done more. I could have done more. Look at, look at the families. I could have done more. And I, every time I, it's a movie, it's a movie about, you know, but every time I, I, I just have flashbacks of that scene. Will we get to heaven and wish we could have done more? I could have done more. He's saying, I, I know how much I paid to save this person. I know how much my watch costs. Is, is it possible that that watch could have done more? That car could have done more, those houses. And I could have done more. Serious tears. I could have done more. An imperishable crown, the crown of rejoicing. James chapter 1, verse 12. James chapter 1, verse 12. The crown of life. This is for those who excellently, excellently go through trials and temptations and come out strong. This is the crown of life. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, when that person is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. This is what the apostles knew. When the leaders of the courts came to them and said, you must not preach this gospel again, they, they laughed and they literally said it to their face. These are the things some of us will say in our heart that no, I will obey God, I will not be, I will not, I will obey God, I will not obey you. They said it out. They said to the high priest, they said, do you think we will obey you rather than God? At some point, they didn't know what to do with them. So they called them to be flogged, embarrassed in public. You know what? These guys went back to their company, not saying, PD, <laughs> me, me flogged, me, me. He said they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the sake of Christ. Boy. These are, these are the saints we are sharing eternity with. These are the saints. Crown of life. Trials and temptation. It says that they shall receive a crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Those who endure temptations. Those who endure trials. Those who endure tribulations. Those who endure... Well, that's not a word I should use in a teaching like this because it means something else entirely. I will get there shortly. Glory to God. So number one, an incorruptible crown. It is for good. Number two, the crown of rejoicing. It is for number three, the crown of life. Glory to God. We are making good progress. Number four is the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. Now, if the Holy Spirit does not reveal the value of these things to you, you are like, crown of life. Okay? What is the dollar value? If your mind is still thinking dollar value, you've, you've missed eternity. Eternity does not have dollar value. Dollar is worthless. In fact, dollar is worthless on earth to a level. Fiat. Fiat. Backed by nothing. Nothingness. We've created a global system around nothingness, fiat. For those who don't know what fiat means, fiat means by some mysterious powers. <laughs> the authorities of the day said, this one dollar note, that means that there is one dollar worth of gold in a treasury. Suddenly now, we don't need to have that gold in the treasury. Let's just call it one dollar. It's just worth one dollar. And you're like, okay, so what is it worth? It, it is worth what we call it. 
You know, understanding these things sometimes delivers you from, from the rat race. That this nothingness game, Spirit of God, teach me how to play it so that we'll use a lot of it for the kingdom. <laughs> Glory to God. The crown of righteousness. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. At that day. Please, let, let's just clarify what we're saying. These are rewards for those who, having been tried by the fire, they produced gold, they produced silver, and they produced precious stones. What that means is that, for instance, if we have a soul winner who has won 50 souls, I'm just giving an example, or who has committed to praying for 50 souls every day, just giving an example, if that person is not doing it to the glory of God, if that person is not really committed to redemption, it's a personal show, personal anger. I wanted to use that big word. All right, if it's just, or if they are not doing it by virtue of the transforming work of the spirit, it is, it is good, but it is good hay, good wood, good stubble, and they don't get these crowns. All right, so we are saying for, for those who haven't been tried, have produced gold, silver, and precious stones, this is the reward. That is because, and, and these, are, these are some testimonies that some global evangelists have shared publicly. They've organized big crusades and they've seen many souls saved and they've seen in visions that they have no rewards for those souls because their hearts were not really about the souls. It was about the... And all of those crowns become another's. The people who really, really prayed. The people who really, really labored. The guys who, and I just want to encourage someone under the sound of my voice, if your work is behind the scene, don't be in a hurry to come to the front of the scene. Don't be in a hurry. Stay faithful where God has planted you. He is a rewarder. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The crown of righteousness. I believe you've written down 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. It says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. This is the crown for lovers. It's a crown for those who labor for an intimate walk with the Spirit. Those who, their Christianity is not surface. Those who, at some point, people have said, relax a bit, your own is too much. See, I know those of us, here in this ministry, we are getting this one. We are real God lovers. We are. We are. We are. I'm so blessed. In fact, when I stand before Christ, I say, God, you gave me an excellent people to raise, to teach, to pray for, to intercede for. These ones are not just, it's not just show and vibes. They love you. How else do you explain? Sometimes when I see people joining us to wake up every day at five, no emergency. There's no, Father, do it, do it, do it, do it now. No, no emergency. We are just there enjoying his presence. There is a reward for those that love intimacy. And there is a language of intimacy. There is a language of intimacy. The crown of righteousness. Glory to God. I said glory to God. And the last one of the crowns, the last, I think we are doing well with our time. The last one of the crowns is the crown of glory. The, the crown of glory. The crown of glory. Hmm. This one is not for everybody. <laughs> the crown of glory. For those writing First Peter chapter 5, 
First Peter chapter 5, First Peter chapter 5. Peter had written his epistle and in chapter 5, he now begins to address specifically the elders, the leaders. And he says in verse 1, I'm reading all the way to verse 4. He says, the elders which are among you I exhort. So he's saying this is this is now. I know you've read the 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 epistle to the general congregation, but this portion of this letter, it's emphasis to the leaders. It says, "Who am also an elder?" So he's saying just the way I have people entrusted to me, those who have people entrusted to them. This is our WhatsApp group. It says, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. It says in verse 2, feed the flock of God which is among you. That is our duty, to feed the flock. To feed the flock means to, if you see a mother, all right, if you see a mother carrying a newborn baby, all right, and rather than giving that baby what the baby needs to grow, takes, you know, um, looking for something really, 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 really ridiculous. Let's say you have a, a, a um, feeding bottle. And rather than putting milk inside, puts pop, pop inside. Says it's, it's yummy. It's yummy. Is that not what I took? You used to take it. All right. Some people are getting it already. We are meant to stoop low to whatever law means to ensure that the flock of Christ is well taken care of. I think a lot of leaders and pastors, this is my WhatsApp group. I'm now, God has, you know, added by, you know that notification, added by God. I didn't want to at all. In fact, if the Lord releases me, boom. <laughs> but I'm here, staying, serving faithfully. Hmm. So having added me to this group, I think a lot of, these group members, we've forgotten that we are here to feed and to serve the flock. Because at some point, we become so great and grand that we convince ourselves this flock exists to feed us. Hmm. So Peter enjoins us. He says, as one of you, as, as one who is also in this group with you, feed the flock, serve the flock. He says, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy. He's saying this is not for you to blow. This is not, God will bless the works of your hands. It's not, it's not on top of the flock you blow. He says, but of a ready mind. Can you see really that this crown is special? That's why Paul was, was writing to his sons. He said it to Timothy. He said it to Titus. He said, don't be in a hurry to be appointed elder. Is in today's world, we love titles. And we don't know, it. it's not about the title, it's the responsibility and the account. It says, those of us, we will, we will be, and this is really what he's talking about. My own standing, all right, before that seat, there's a lot more I should account for. I will account for the lives of people. Hmm. Did you feed them junk? Did you tickle their bodies just to get them excited so they can come back next week? Or did you teach them, did you feed the flock? Did you pray for them? Did you pray for them? Verse 3. Neither has been lords over God's heritage. Can you see that this message really needs to be sent to some WhatsApp groups? It says, but being examples to the flock. Verse 4, which is really where we are going. It says, when the chief shepherd, it means this is a crown for shepherds. Because we are, we are, we are representative shepherds. 
over God's sheep. And the chief shepherd shall appear. It says you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. A crown of glory. A crown of glory. A crown of glory. You know, it was Paul that he said no one takes this honor upon themselves. It's, it's a privilege that God's call is upon your life anyways. It's a privilege. Back in the days, we would say as, as poor as a church rat, when, when, when you receive a call to ministry, it's like a death sentence. You're like, God, wow, I am done. But today, ministry is very flamboyant. In fact, those who are not called have called themselves. What? Get a venue, get light, get singers, preach a nice sermon, boom, and you're, you're rolling. Get the people, get, get, get them, get them, pull them from everywhere. We don't even need to look for souls. What is souls? Let's just vibes here, take nice pictures. This is where it is happening. No eternal consciousness, no call, nothing, no grace, no anointing, unassisted by the spirits, but still thriving. The chief shepherd will appear. We will all give account. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, for those writing, an incorruptible crown, an incorruptible crown for every inconvenience, sacrifices that we do for the kingdom, a crown of rejoicing for sharing our faith for soul winners and for discipling believers, for sowing, planting, and for watering, raising believers. God is the God of the increase. A crown of life for enduring trials and temptations. A crown of righteousness for lovers. This is the one for those who took their relationship with Christ as an intimate expression. And number five, the crown of glory, which the chief shepherd will give to his designate shepherds. Those who cared for the flock. Now, you don't necessarily have to be pastor for you to get this. It means you've taken accountability for the souls of people. You might be a department head. You might be a head of just a ministry. And you take that ministry as though this is a full denomination. I'm praying for it. See, and everybody in this department, I'm praying for them. There are those who, they are not even, they've adopted the ministry. And the pastor is just seeing great things happening, thinking, oh, I'm the, I'm the great man of God. Not knowing someone there has ensured that this work, this work must work. This work must work. I will person. There are people that will sit to it personally. I will drag ten people every day, every Sunday to church. Every I will just look for them, and things are just you know picking up, and people are like clapping for the oh wow PD amazing, <laughs> not knowing that there are people really really doing the thing. This crown you will be a partaker of it. Every labor we make for the flock, sometimes <clears throat> the flock will not. In fact, flock will not say thank you. That's why Peter is saying, if your motivation is feedback from the flock, forget it. You will do it willingly, joyfully. You are doing it for the chief shepherd. You won't say, hey, flock, I fasted three days and three nights for you. Now that God has done, at least, I'm not even saying shepherd offering, all right? I'm just, just, thank you. Flock says, well, there's, a, there's another request, so I have to start that fast again. <laughs> And what, what should the answer be? Yes, we'll, we'll fast. We'll pray. We'll do it sincerely. Glory to God. I said glory to God. As we begin to tie up, we want to transition into a question many of you have had. All right. What is the timing of these things? What is the timing? When are we going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ? This judgment of the nations, or which scripture also calls the judgment of ships, 
and goats or the judgment of sheep and goats. What exactly is it and when is it? This great white throne judgment, when really is it? All right. Timing. And let me just say this. There's a field in theology. The way we go to med school and we train, we, we learn the whole body, but you're able to specialize. You can do pediatrics, take care of children. You can do ups and gyne, take care of women and newborn. All right. You can do ENT, ear, nose, and throat. You can do, you, you get where I'm going. In the same way, there is a field of theology called eschatology. I, I told you I won't bother you with lots of Greek, but it just means study of the last times. That's basically what it means. And one of the temptations in that field that I've seen a lot of experts in that field fall to is calculating times. Using calculus, the y, the x to calculate, this is when. This is, we can say with certainty, this is when. First Corinthians chapter 15, let me read a couple of verses and we'll round up our thoughts by touching on timings, not time. It is not in my power to tell you time. Jesus said it clearly. You don't know the time, but the timing is clear. The timing is clear in scripture. And then we'll touch on the judgment of the nations, judgment of sheep. And I'll say something. I'll just put it out there. Trust that the spirit of God will help you to understand it. Um, many people will fight it. Um, there are Christian cults today that this thing I've just said, if they are their way, they will, they will, they will, they will, they will flag it, delete it, delete everything, cancel everything. But by the Spirit of the Lord, I'll say it nonetheless. Before I say it, First Corinthians chapter fifteen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty to fifty-eight. Some people are already praying for me. Thank you. <laughs> verse fifty all the way to fifty-eight. It says, "Now this I say, brethren." That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That is a big statement. We will not even touch it today. It says, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Hmm. These are very powerful thoughts. Please follow. It says in verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. It says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That we there is talking about believers. Verse 52, it says, in a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet, this is a big scripture, hmm. for the trumpet shall sound and the dead, there's so much in, in just one verse, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Verse 53, it says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So he pauses to give a, 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 a boast in the Lord. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? You fought for so long. You've kept souls for so long. Now resurrection has shown up. Glory to God. It says, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. That means the people who really die are those who die as sinners. Any believer who died a believer is not really dead. They are asleep. It says, and the strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, but thanks be to God. Which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. This is what I want you to leave this series with. Be steadfast, be consistent, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Can you see? He's emphasizing we are, we are not saved by works. But having been saved, we will continue in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There are crowns. There are crowns. There are rewards for us. There are rewards for us. Glory to God. Glory to God. As we begin to round up, I'm going to touch very briefly on the judgment of the sheep and goat, which is the judgment of nations. Just so you know, this is a foundation class. When we do intermediate and advanced, we will probe deeper. All right. The Lord willing, it might not be a public session for everybody. All right. We might probe deeper on some of these, of, on some of these topics. Now, let me give you a plug here because I know when we have been raptured, many will be looking for content like this. If you are watching this teaching at a time when believers have been raptured, all right, I just want to encourage you, all right, I'm, I'm not here, all right, with you in this moment, I'm gone. All of us believers are gone, but this content we believe you, are, you now know more. You could have known more yet, let the regrets go, all right, but I want to refer you to another YouTube page. You know, there's a group on YouTube called um, The Billion Club. Videos that have had more than 1 billion views. Just think about it. 1 billion views. You'll be shocked. If you Google it, you'll be shocked the things on that list. 1 billion views. It, mean, it means a billion people at least have interacted with those visuals. 1 billion. That's big deal by all standards. A time is coming. This is a prophecy I will not be around to see come to pass. That the top, the top views on YouTube will be teachings about the end times. Because we would have gone. And people would need to know what happened to them. There will be nice hot takes. Professors of this coming on primetime TV saying it's just a, it's a, it's a cosmic interference that was caused by a glitch in the vibrations in the universe. Use your English and your, <laughs> your science to explain it. What happened is that we were taken away. Pastor Matthew did an excellent teaching, April 2020. This is for the future audience that means the rapture. April 20, for those of us who are here in the dispensation of grace, you will do well to know exactly what the Bible teaches about the end times. Because there's a lot of lies and conspiracies and fear peddling, mark of the beast, this is not mark of the beast, take this, don't take that. Scriptures are clear and ignorance is costly. April 2020, three good parts on the book of Revelation from beginning to the end. Pastor thought it well, used charts, used images. I went back to the teaching. I said, wow, this is so rich. This is so rich. This, these are the kind of teachings that when we are gone, it will bless. These are, this video, I, I know it will get to the billion, billion club. When people are looking for real teaching of God's word, eventually. Now we are sending link to them. It's like, they are disturbing my life. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Many, many may not like it. God in his love has a very dangerous, dangerous facility. Let me call it a facility, which is his jealousy. His jealousy. 
once God's jealousy is over a person, over a matter, or over a covenant. And that's really the point I'm making. God jealously guards his covenants because he is God and this is, in, is his integrity. God is a God of covenant. If you are fighting a covenant person, you are fighting the God of that covenant. And God guards his covenants jealously. Now, in the old covenant, God guarded his covenant with the Jewish people jealously. In the new covenant, Paul calls it, the, hear me, the mystery of godliness. And God's jealousy in today's dispensation is on his church. Anybody, Jew or Gentile, listen, because we have a sect of Christianity that really what they are is a pro-Israel cult. God's jealousy is not on Israel in this dispensation. God's jealousy is on his church. Every man, male and female, Jew, Gentile, that will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We are in the age of the church. We are in the dispensation of grace. God's jealousy, God's deliverance, God's salvation. Anyone who will call upon Jesus will receive salvation and that person is delivered from sin. However, this dispensation has an end date. And then God's jealousy will return to the covenant. So for the pro-Israel people, calm down. If you know any Jew, tell them, believe Jesus today. Escape what is coming. You don't need it. You don't need it. This is what Paul was really explaining in the book of Romans. <laughs> that this righteous, our father Abraham understood the gospel. If you're on God's side, you're fine. But if you're, if you're on the side of, of, of if you're... <laughs> Mm. So having said that, let's touch a little bit on timing and then we'll wrap up with those two judgments. A little bit on timing. How exactly does this end? We are in the age of the church. We are in the age of grace. If you look at the seven churches in the book of Revelations 2 and 3, if you look at those churches, they are, I mean, you really need to visit the teaching by Pastor Matthew on the book of Revelation. You really need to. We are in the last age of the church the age of apostasy, falling away. And how this ends is the rapture. The rapture, if you search your scriptures, you will not find rapture anywhere in the Bible. But it is an event that is scripturally described. We just read it in 1 Corinthians 15. The word that many have used is, is I, I try not to disturb you with Greek, but I need to say this because some versions have not interpreted it correctly. Apazo, it means to be caught swiftly. So what's the timing? Sometime very soon, God will pull out all believers that confess Jesus. Pull us out. That event is called the rapture. Christ shall appear. So in scripture, you'll see appearing and you'll see he's coming. All right, there's the rapture, which is an appearance. That's why I said this last teaching it leads us into another teaching because some of you are now getting really interested in teachings of the last days you're saying pity can we continue next week can you really teach on the rapture one week can you really teach on the tribulation one week can you talk about the millennial reign one week can you talk about the mark of the beast one week yeah that curiosity is there go and listen april 2020 to pastor's teaching on the book of revelation it will bless you so, the church will be taken away at the rapture. We will be cut away. All right? 
being tempted. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom. So he tells us the dead in Christ, those who are asleep, someone is asking, when a believer dies, where do they go? When an unbeliever dies, where do they go? What is hell? What is the lake of fire? Is there a difference? This, our last lesson, opens a, a whole lot of conversations. And if you, you just receive these foundations and soak in it, and you continue to grow, you continue to grow, you continue to grow. So those who are dead in Christ, be raised up wherever their bodies are. It says that that mortality will receive immortality. Wherever they were buried, wherever those bodies, even those who were victims of explosions and their bodies were disintegrated into particles, resurrection power will reaggregate. They will receive a glorified body and will be caught up with him in the skies. He's not coming. Christ is not coming. Is not is not is making an appearance. There will be a shout, there will be the trumpets, and there will be a voice that that says, so "Say, dial, come up, boom, and we are gone. All of us, we are gone, boom, we are gone with him in disguise. As we are gone, he's taking us. The next thing for us is the judgment seat of Christ. Immediately, at his appearing, we get our rewards. At his appearing, we get our rewards." Hmm. So, when the church is taken away, raptured away, cut away, and we are already in front of the um, judgment seat of Christ, we've commenced our reward ceremony. The Antichrist is revealed as a man of peace to bring stability, to, to unite the world together in one massive union. All right? And scripture gives us a lot of insight into that. Unites the world together, brings peace, stabilizes things. Remember, I said God's covenant will return, will return to the to the Abrahamic covenant. For three and a half years, manifest as a man of peace, a world uniter, this great visionary leader that showed up and you know, and then that's the period called the tribulation, where seals and bowls are opened, trumpets blown, wrath is poured upon the earth. At the end of three and a half years into the tribulation, this individual will experience a fatal wound and will appear to resurrect. That will trigger another three and a half years, which makes the total period seven years. Hmm. The last three and a half years is no longer this world peace uniter. He's now really a reincarnate Satan. Shows his true color. The prophecy about the desolation of the temple comes to pass. A terrible time that you don't want to be around for as a believer. Remember, we are already gone. We are already gone. And there are those who will refuse the mark of the beast. Those who will, they will literally. All right. I'm just trying to keep this foundational. So, the age of the church. Or let's even let's fast track the Abrahamic covenant, which is the law. All right, Jesus dies on the cross, ushers in the age of grace, and the church for Jew and Gentile, all alike, who will call upon the name of the Lord, guards that jealously. All right, pulls us out, pulls us out at the rapture, 
at his appearing, he, he, he shows up, calls us up, we go with him, he begins to reward us. In that period of seven years that we're enjoying his presence and enjoying rewards, the world is, a, is, is, is going through a period of severe tribulation. First three and a half years, tribulation. Last three and a half, great tribulation, amazing wrath, and the transformation of this individual, the beast, the witnesses, details there that we can get to in subsequent conversations at the end of that at the end of that period there's going to be a separation a judgment of the nations those who were now pro god's interests there'll be a separation so that leads us to matthew chapter 25 verse 31 to 34 we will gloss over this because the real one that concerns you is the judgment seat of christ rewards matthew chapter 25 verse 31 to 34 when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. All right, so keep that mental picture. The church has been taken away immediately to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Those who were dead in Christ, all right, they've been pulled up. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We've received those who are alive when that happens. There is a transformation of our bodies. Those who are dead, they receive a glorified body and we are caught up. We stand before his throne. We receive rewards. There is judgment on the earth in terms of tribulations, three and a half years and three and a half years. Combined seven years under the rule of the Antichrist. All right. First, as a man of peace, the last three and a half years, a real, a real deplorable sight. All right, and at, at the end of that, we have the judgment of the sheep and goats, a separation in accordance with who stood on the side of God's covenant. Hmm. Speaking a bit in parables there, but some people are getting it. And then at the end of that, it launches us into the beginning of the millennial reign, 1,000 years of perfection. 1,000 years where there is no sickness, there is no disease, and Jesus is the ruler. When you now go, see, these things now, you go back to your scriptures, you will read some things, and you will now say, this is what I've been seeing. That a boy will sit, and the cobra, and nothing will be, that, that, that children will be able to play around lions. It's referring to that millennial reign. No sickness. No sickness. We will be there reigning with him. For those who were faithful in little, now they will receive cities, and they will be lord over cities. It will be a perfect reign of 1,000 years. Some who have escaped the wrath from the tribulation will also be there. We will have glorified bodies. Some will have unglorified bodies. And we just trying to avoid a lot of details because we are supposed to be rounding up. All right, but because there's still one more judgment. At the end of that millennial reign, Satan, who had been bound at the end of the tribulation, will be released for a while. Just to verify that this eternity as we know it is for those who truly choose the Father. 
And for that last release, there'll be a final judgment which will usher into the final of the final of the final. The Bible calls it a great throne. The word great there means this is it. And that's where we are wrapping up this series. Remember, it's foundational. Now you know about the judgment of sin. God has judged sin in Christ. None of us has to pay that penalty anymore. The judgment seat of Christ for the believer is a seat of rewards. The judgment of the nations is post-rapture for those who side on God's covenant at the end of the tribulation. We have the millennial reign for 1,000 years of heaven's rule on earth undiluted. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that prayer is fulfilled literally in the millennial reign. Literally in that thousand year reign. Some of us will be, will be. <laughs> All right. So at the end of that, we now come to the end of the end of the end. And that's the end of this series. I trust you've been blessed so far. Thank you for enduring and for receiving. This is, these, are, these are not popular content. This doesn't get you jumping. It gets you motivated to go warn people and tell them Jesus loves you. Jesus has paid. You don't have to pay again. One more scripture and we round up. The great white throne judgment. This is where it all ends. I was listening to a, 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 a theologian who put it perfectly. It says God devoted two chapters to detail the beginning of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and went on and on and on and on, chapter one. On and on and on, chapter two. And God saw it was good. The opposite of that, God gave it one verse. One verse. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. As we tie up the entire series, what a way. What a way to round it up. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it. So, what I didn't tell you is that at the rapture, those who are dead in Christ and have been caught up, all right, to reign, to show up for judgment first and then to begin to enjoy him, eventually to reign with him in the millennial reign. I hope, I hope this is not modeled up yet. The unbelievers are not caught up and they do not experience resurrection. They are still in hell, not yet in the lake of fire, which is why I'm saying we need a follow-up class to kind of explain some of these things. All right? They are still there. All through the tribulation, they are still there. Those who die during that period, they still go there. It's, they wait there. All through the millennial reign. In fact, the way the glorified body is designed is that you'll be able to tell what is going on there. All through the thousand years, they are still there. At the end of the millennial reign, then all of them are summoned. Remember, we saw it in 1 Corinthians 15. Death is summoned. Hell is summoned. It gives up everyone in it. This is not believers. Remember, every person that refused Christ will show up before that reign. And we will be there. We will be there. We will be there. We will be there as, not the ones being judged, but we will be there. We will see people choose their destinies by refusing, refusing Christ. Angels, even, even you know, Paul, 1 Corinthians 6, Paul was randomly, this man was loaded with revelation. He was randomly just talking to the, to the church. He says, why are you taking yourselves to court? Don't you know you will judge others? And in that 
digression gives us insight he says don't you know that we will stand before a judgment judgment seat of christ and don't you know that we ourselves will also judge wow what deep in passing if i was there i would have said paul wait this cut issue leave it what what do you mean we will judge angels it was referring to this great white throne everything ends at this point and eternity officially begins one thousand years can still be counted can be counted we'll find people again living long years hundreds of years again no disease satan locked up for a thousand years sounds like (laughs) verse 12 and i saw the dead small and great stand before god and the books were opened books were opened and another book was opened books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books so these books is about their works according to their works and the book is no more about their work is did you accept jesus or not that's the one that really determines your eternal destination Hmm. and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell can you see submitted is like scripts submitted delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works remember the believer is not judged according to his works christ has completed it for us the the, the believer's works are judged for rewards so at the end of it and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire that is the great white throne judgment the judgment of unbelievers the judgment of sinners at the very end of time at the very end of time the bible is a beautiful book hmm so many things said so many things said why don't you just thank god that we are privileged to hear this to learn this i don't know about you but the 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 biggest thing on my heart right now is just gratitude that god out of his love for me ensured a way out a way of escape not just a way to just barely escape but to reign with him that provision is available today that provision is available today father we thank you for your love and your sacrifice thank you for the grace to choose you <clears throat> for the grace to choose you for the honor to know you thank you for 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 <clears throat> for these ordered steps and thank you for the grace to carry this body into our world and to begin to tell men to tell women everything looks all nice and rosy it says as it was in the day of noah they were all busy doing their things noah looked like a joker he looked like a fool what are you talking about flood it's just the way some of the things i've said sound really really if you look at it intellectually very foolish you mean you really believe this people will be caught up in the sky you mean you really believe this but this is his word true before the beginning if you're under the sound of my voice there is no other way to end a service like this than to invite you into that family to tell you that this doesn't have to be you the penalty for sin has been paid for already 
by a simple act of believing, you can receive this gift of salvation. I want to pray with you as we bring this evening's service to a close. Father, in the name of Jesus, I hold my hands with your sons and your daughters. Hmm. Please say this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking away my sins. I believe you came for me. You died for me. You took my place. And I believe you are alive today. This moment, I received the gift of salvation. Thank you because my name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name I pray. That simple prayer is what averts this eternal punishment. If you really believe it, if you've confessed it, congratulations. Father, I hold my hands with these ones you died for. I ask that they will be steadfast in you. They will be unmovable. They will abound in the work of the Lord. All of us together, as we have found you, we will not leave you. As you have saved us eternally, <laughs> we will not sign off and say we are done. We will stay with you to the end. We will reign with you in glory. Thank you, gracious Father. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.